Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. I'm here to join you once again for my weekly college football chat. Sorry if I sound a bit nasally. It's uh, Fall time is uh, getting near here in central Illinois, so it's that time of year for my nose to just go crazy and for <clears throat> sinus analogies to kick in. But nonetheless can dive right into some great topics this week we got a lot to talk about um obviously uh today and last last obviously yesterday with games and today there's been some really uh um unfortunate news dropping in east lansing michigan um actually it was dropping last night but really transpiring today um i'm not gonna dive into it you i'm sure everybody who's listening <clears throat> excuse me has read into it um, just a really, really tragic and unfortunate situation there with head coach Mel Tucker. Um, there's an October 5th hearing in place. <clears throat> Basically, he he's done coaching at Michigan State. They just got to wait for the October 5th hearing now to really uh, get rid of him. I mean, obviously, you got to go through the due process of getting everything, all the check marks and X's crossed and everything. Uh, but it's it's very apparent that he will not be coaching again at Michigan State and hopefully never again uh, because it's he doesn't deserve it. Uh, I, I had the privilege of being a college head coach, assistant coach, high school head coach. Um, it's a privilege to coach. And don't take advantage of that privilege uh, like Mel Tucker did. Uh, just an unfortunate event, but despicable human being. That's just call it what it is. Um, hey, you just hate to see it. Michigan State has had so many issues with these type of circumstances in their history, and um, it's it's crazy to think about. And Luke Fickle was going to take the job before Mel Tucker, and his wife did research into the institution and in, in its history. And she's like, I don't want anything to do with that university. I don't want to be associated with that university. And I'm not trying to backhand the university. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not. I, I promise, I'm not trying to do that. But uh, they've lost good quality coaches, good quality candidates in the past because of some of the travesties that have occurred at this institution. All you can do is uh, learn from these things. And you just pray and hope they never happen again. I mean, it's I grew up an hour, maybe even less, from the Michigan State campus. So many of my friends and teammates um, from from uh, my time in Flint went to school at Michigan State and were stars at Michigan State, star athletes at Michigan State. So I, I know how important Michigan State is, especially to that mid-Michigan world, um, Flint especially with so many guys that have gone through. So, I mean, I know that the institution means so much and just hope and pray that everything can get back on track there. And uh, who would have thought that this would be the first head coaching opening, though, of the, I guess we can say, 2024 cycle now? Because it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. Again, way too early to to uh, speculate what happens there they could promote from within they could go a different route we'll we'll see it's it 
it's way too early to speculate about that. I, I, I don't even want to dive into that. I've already seen people doing that. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You, That's what people get paid to do. Uh, but <clears throat> the situation's too fresh. I don't think I should be diving into something like that. Uh, but just all you can do is hope and pray in this situation that uh, the parties involved, one, change their ways and ideas and everything, and that, that just... Um, if there's a way for positives to come out of this, I mean, we'll just God's got His hand on it. That's all. That's all we can do. We can pray for the situation and just hope that uh, it unfolds as smoothly as possible. Um, that being said, I'm going to Michigan uh, this weekend for the Detroit Lions home opener. Those of you who don't know, I'm a diehard Detroit Lions fan my entire life basically i've just been um the, the high of uh, this past uh, thursday night beating the kansas city chiefs in arrowhead i'm still coming down off that that's unbelievable but uh so i'll be at the lions home opener next sunday and potentially at washington michigan state so we'll, we'll see how it goes because i'm going to go to my son's soccer game in the morning and it's going to be a tight time frame so we'll see if i can make it work but I, I've, I'm very intrigued to go to that game because I want to see Michael Penix. I want to <clears throat> be able to see another stadium. I've been to um, Michigan State to see them play before, not for the sake of the podcast, though. So, But, again, we'll see how it goes. You guys can follow the uh, podcast Twitter account at TNT College Football 1 throughout the week to see how that goes uh, moving forward. But, again, just starting off with that, just an unfortunate situation there in east lansing michigan and we just pray for all the parties involved that just everything would just go i guess as smoothly as they can and uh it's unfortunate but moving forward though or moving on i should say uh week two we saw i i, I tried to count this because i couldn't couldn't pinpoint it but 15 to 20 games yesterday went into weather delays and some significantly long weather delays six plus hours like Virginia Tech, Purdue, and some other games. Um, just pretty amazing uh, what's going on there on the East Coast. Praying that that hurricane um, for that whole situation that's that's a that's a difficult task. But I have to I have to wonder: Has there ever been fifteen to twenty weather delays in one day? I, I can't imagine that in a college football Saturday that that's transpired before. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a way to check that statistic. I mean, like I said, I couldn't even find a legitimate statistic on how many definitively went into uh, weather delays for the FBS level. I'm not counting FCS and others. Um, obviously, a long day for the East Coast football. Um, just kind of crazy. Um, I, I think back to the very first game that I went to for the sake of the podcast. Eastern Michigan against Northern Illinois at NIU. There's over a three-hour weather delay. And at the time, it was uh, the longest in FBS history. And then the very next week, Houston had like a eight-hour weather delay or something crazy. So, I mean, it was it, – but it's crazy as a fan to sit there. And, and it it rained some at NIU, but it wasn't even that bad in the game that I went to. So I, I saw some videos of like Virginia Tech Purdue where lightning was striking right there. I mean, it was crazy. Um, of course, you want to keep everybody safe. That's the whole 
basis behind doing all that and and that is the utmost importance but it's just kind of crazy to think about like how many games were interrupted um certain games that completely screwed up the flow of the game and in the sake of one game in particular that I'm thinking of, Holy Cross Boston College, Boston College got a huge break because of that and won the football game. In my opinion, the weather delay, yes, Holy Cross had a huge opportunity to win that game, and I think Holy Cross would have won the game if there wouldn't have been a weather delay. I really do, but that's beside the point. And uh, but just a crazy, crazy day in the in the world of college football. Um, have to highlight the SEC struggles thus far versus the Power Five. Three and six overall from the mighty Southeastern Conference, where it just means more. Um, and that, that's their slogan. We all know that. It just means more. Well, just looking at it, the struggles. Um, three and six, like I said, week one, Utah destroyed Florida. The score didn't even do it justice. Tennessee did beat Virginia, but Virginia is arguably the worst uh, Power 5 program in college football. Uh, then you turn around, you look at North Carolina, beat South Carolina. Game wasn't really as close as the score portrayed. We all know Florida State blasted LSU. We all saw that. Then you look at Wake Forest, beat Vanderbilt. Um, then Miami, crushing Texas A&M. Texas, of course, beating Alabama this weekend. Mississippi State did beat Arizona in overtime. Then Auburn wins at Cal. So they got those two wins late or later yesterday. But let's look at the SEC West. This is pretty crazy. I I think there's a scenario, guys, where we could look at the SEC West could beat themselves up <clears throat> and then nobody would have a chance to make the playoff. I, I think that that's a definitive possibility. LSU and Alabama already have a loss. And those are the definitive top two teams. Who would have thought that the four, the last four undefeated teams in the SEC West would be Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss? I don't know if anybody would have guessed that. Then the East, obviously, you got Georgia. And then Tennessee. Yes, Kentucky and Mizzou are undefeated too. But let's be honest, neither of them are going to go undefeated. Is the SEC's only opportunity now, Georgia and Tennessee? Because Alabama and LSU are going to lose another football game, more than likely. I mean, they play each other, so somebody's going to lose the second game. And the odds of them running the table now in the SEC, in my opinion, are slim to none in the West. The West is very good. So I think it's very well possible that the SEC West might have knocked themselves out of the college football playoff already. That's crazy to think about, but think about that. It might be an overreaction on my case, but the SEC West might have already knocked themselves out of the college football playoff because I think we all agree Arkansas is not going to go undefeated. Auburn's not going to go undefeated. Mississippi State's not going to go undefeated. Ole Miss isn't going to go undefeated. Yes, there is a world where Alabama or LSU can win out, but one of them is going to lose another game because they play each other. And then the likelihood of <clears throat> them running the table – is slim so is the sec's only hope now tennessee and georgia which they play each other so you look at it is georgia the sec's only hope it's crazy to think about 
but it's shaping up like that that might be the case. It really is because Tennessee did not look good against FCS Austin P, who got destroyed by Southern Illinois last week, who just beat Northern Illinois this week, which I'll get into later in my week two recap. But just looking at the SEC, three and six against opposing P5s. The ACC is doing a number on them right now. And, and all you hear about is the SEC where it means more, the powerhouses and the like. Yes, there's good football teams here, but they might have really hurt themselves when it comes to the college football playoff because the Pac-12 is crazy legit, crazy, crazy good. The winner of the Pac-12 is obviously in the college football playoff. I think that's very apparent right now. Is there a world where two teams from the Pac-12 could get in? I can't believe that I'm saying this, but it, there's a possibility. Because there's a possibility where the SEC just eats themselves up here. Because like we are, like I already said, Alabama and LSU already have a loss. They play each other. like, And then the odds of them winning out to begin with are very slim. So... It's crazy to think about. And yes, it might be a tad bit of an overreaction on my part. But the SEC West is in trouble. In significant trouble. And then that means the entire SEC is in trouble. Because now they got to hope and pray the conference that Georgia goes undefeated and runs the table. At this point, I think it's going to be very, very interesting now to see how Georgia's games are officiated. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy who questions that. But they host South Carolina this week. We've seen South Carolina struggle already this year. And I don't really think that they're going to put up much of a fight against Georgia. But we'll see. It's a conference game. Those are tough games. But it, I'm going to be I'm very intrigued to see now how Georgia's SEC games in particular are officiated the rest of the year because the SEC needs Georgia now. They need him to go undefeated. That or Tennessee. I mean, I think that that's, I think that's really their only hope. It's crazy to think about after two weeks of the college football, three weeks of the college football season, but two real weeks that, that we're already in this state <clears throat> where Alabama and LSU have already lost non-conference games so crazy crazy time that we're in uh, going now to the week two recap some good football games that um, some interesting things happened of course um, I'll start off with Friday Kansas beats Illinois I was a little surprised on how big uh, how sternly they defeated them Illinois made it closer at the end of the game but I was high on this Illinois team and uh, that defense struggled. And Daniels is a heck of a football player at the quarterback position. Then you look at uh, Notre Dame destroying NC State. I remember talking to some NC State people after the UConn game and that they were worried that Notre Dame could come in and really beat the brakes off them. And that's exactly what they did. This Notre Dame football team is really good, guys. Sam Hartman is fantastic. And he's such a likable guy. I don't know if you guys saw the video out there, but he waited in the end zone uh, for NC State's alma mater to finish playing before he 
ran off the field hyping up the, the Notre Dame fans. And uh, he's such a likable guy. I mean, and that's hard for me to say growing up as a diehard Michigan fan. <laughs> Just, I, I like this guy. I mean, he's he's a he seems like a fantastic guy, and he's a heck of a football player. And then you look at Audric Estime, the running back, eight yards per carry, four touchdowns. I was just on a podcast with my good friend Omar. Um, he, we're both huge fans of his because Estime runs like an old school running back. And then the yards per carry average is unbelievable. But it's going to be really ex- exciting to see him moving forward against the stiffer competition they're going to be playing. Yes, this week they host Central Michigan, which Bert Emanuel Jr. is a heck of an athlete. Um but Notre Dame, obviously, they, they should win that game. Like, there's, that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, jumping back into week two, though, Utah beating Baylor, scoring two touchdowns in the last two minutes to win that game. Baylor was on their backup quarterback. Kudos to Baylor, though, for that performance. Yes, they're 0-2. Bad loss week one. But they came out and they played hard against Utah. Uh, Utah just pulled it out at the end, which good for them. Uh, Kansas State over Troy. Troy... Won the Sun Belt last year. Fantastic football f- team. Had one of the longest winning streaks in college football coming into this game. Kansas State absolutely blew them out. Kansas State might be the most underrated team in college football. Them in Oregon State. Really good football team there in Manhattan, Kansas. Watch out for them moving forward. Yes, Texas is the favorite in the Big 12, but Kansas State has a heck of a football team. Don't count them out. Let's just say, don't count them out. Then, of course, you have to talk about Colorado over Nebraska. Again, what the Buffaloes are doing, what Coach Prime, Shadour Sanders, Travis Hunter, this is a good football team. You don't want to overreact to to what they're doing, but what they're doing is really impressive. That is a that's a good football team. It is. Like I had so much doubts about this team heavy into this season. I thought that they could be the worst team in the Pac twelve or the second worst team. Uh them in Stanford, and you could go either way. But this Colorado team is good, guys. Like, Coach Prime might have broke, broke college football with what he's doing here. This is, of course, we got to see moving forward how it looks because they got some really tough games coming up in the Pac-12. They host in-state rival Colorado State this week. Game day and big noon kickoff are both coming to Boulder. Like, it's going to be crazy what's going on there. Uh, but... Shador Sanders looks like a Heisman Trophy candidate. The way he's playing, I mean, that, that's a good football team. I got to give them credit. Yeah, Nebraska's not very good, but they destroyed them. They did what they were supposed to do, and they, they looked good doing it. Ole Miss beating Tulane. I have an asterisk next to this because I think if Michael Pratt plays for Tulane, I really firmly believe that Tulane wins this football game because they still it was still a game, even without him. I firmly believe if Michael Pratt plays in that game, Tulane beats Ole Miss, which then the SEC is even in more trouble if you look at it that way. I think they caught a break by not having to play Michael Pratt. I think Michael Pratt had an opportunity to have a Heisman moment there, and unfortunately he wasn't able to play. And, and I get it. They have bigger fish to fry than beating Ole Miss. Like They want to win the conference and go back to the to the New York Six as that G5 representative. And, they, and they're the Front runner, that's for sure, because that's a really good football team down there in New Orleans. Really, really good team. But it just stinks that they couldn't go out there with their with their A team. You got to give Miami a ton of credit beating Texas A&M the way they did. 
Miami looks good. They 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 put it to Miami, Ohio, and then they really put it to Texas A&M, honestly. So offense looks re-energized, looks good. Got to give them credit. That's a, that's a decent football team, guys. Got to give them credit. Now they're ranked. We'll see how it looks this week. They host Bethune-Cookman FCS program Thursday night. So, I mean, obviously, that's darn near a bye game for them. But at the same time, like – that they're they're much improved. Iowa beats Iowa State for the Cyhawk Trophy. Um, only twenty points scored though for Iowa. So uh, still, I think everybody's seen the uh, no context college football uh, yodeler, the, the climb to the points for uh, offensive coordinator Ferentz. Uh <laughs> They got some work to do, that's for sure. But they're two and zero. That's all you can ask for. Uh, North Carolina needs overtime to beat App State. Double overtime. North Carolina looked good against South Carolina, but App has improved. I think that's been apparent uh, so far. They missed a bowl game last year for the first time since they joined the FBS level. And uh, again, this is kudos to North Carolina for pulling it off. But I, I think it might be a little while till they play App. I mean, I don't know what their schedules look like moving forward. I know everybody schedules these games years and years in advance, but I think North Carolina might uh, hold off on playing app for a little while. Rice defeating uh, crosstown rival Houston in double overtime. What a win for that program. Um, Houston had just beat UTSA. Rice, that's one of their conference mates now uh, in the AAC. I mean, could, could, could Rice be a player? In the race, we'll see. JT Daniels is playing good for him. Uh, McCaffrey at receiver. They got some players there. that They got a good offense, that's for sure. So be interesting to see Rice moving forward, what they can do, because that, that's a good offense. They can put points up and they can pass the ball, that's for sure. Then, of course, the game everybody's talking about, Texas beating Alabama. What a performance by the Longhorns. And uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, what a performance by those guys. I, I have to give them credit. You go to Tuscaloosa, get a huge win. Um, Milrow, the quarterback from Alabama, I see a lot of people giving him giving him uh, grief on social media. But I think they have to understand, like, it's his fourth. it was his fourth start. I mean, this kid is young. He's extremely talented. I, I personally think that they're using him wrong. I mean, this is a guy who needs to get outside the pocket. He's good when he's moving around. Um, and the offensive line isn't holding up very well for him, especially in that game. I mean, Texas did a heck of a job. To, uh, granted, Texas is really, really good. Like college football playoff level good. National championship level good. It's, it seems. It seems they are. It's early, obviously. But I think Alabama needs to look at, like, what Jalen Hurts is doing. I mean, you got to get Milrow out of the pocket. That's where he's best. Have him move around, make some throws. Uh, he's a talented player. He really is. And I, I just don't like <laughs> seeing so many people give him grief because, like, he's young. Like I said, this was his fourth start. It was against Texas, who, like I said, could make the college football playoff. And I think right now they would. Uh, but, again, it's early. But – it's going to be interesting to see things moving forward in Tuscaloosa. We'll we'll see we'll see how it goes for them. But you already got a loss. That's that's a tough one. You got your whole SEC schedule in front of you already too. Cincinnati goes to Pittsburgh and wins. 
That was a surprise for, I think, a lot of people. Because I think a lot of people had Pitt pegged to finish in the top, at least the top half of the ACC, if not top four or five even. Losing to Cincinnati, Cincinnati was picked to finish at the bottom of the Big 12. Maybe Cincinnati is better than we all thought. But that's a, that's a really good win for them to go into Pittsburgh and defeat a good Pitt team. Then you got Oregon going to Texas Tech and winning. Uh, feel bad for Texas Tech because they played a good game. Uh, that that could have went to either team. Oregon just pulled it out at the end, so kudos to them. Uh, but Oregon obviously has a – both teams have a tough schedule moving forward. But t- uh, Lubbock is a tough place to play, and Oregon went in there and they got it done. They found a way and they got it done. So kudos to them for that. Washington State uh, defeats Wisconsin back-to-back years. Last year they won in Madison this year. They won on the Palouse. Uh, great win for them. Co- great, uh, really happy for those guys. I think all of us are Washington State and Oregon State fans this year. They've turned kind of turned into America's teams this year with uh, the Pac-12 screwing them over. Uh, but good for Washington State. That's a good football team. Cam Ward is a good quarterback. And uh, like I said, Washington State's ranked now. But like I said, we're all cheering for this team just like we are Oregon State. I think we all want to see an Oregon State-Washington State Pac-12 title game. Man, would that be fantastic. It'd be, I, I know the odds are against it, but, boy, that would be that would be so cool. Just to, it'd, be, it'd be awesome. Uh, Mississippi State defeating Arizona in overtime. Big win for Mississippi State. That's a good win for them. As Arizona looked, has, is an up-and-coming team, has improved a ton. Uh, but a good win. So now Mississippi State, congratulations on your good win. Now you get to host LSU. So <laughs> have fun. But th- that, that I'll get to that in my week three pre- preview. But kudos to Mississippi State for getting that W. That's that's a good win. And moving forward, hopefully they can continue that. Because I think they're going to give LSU everything they can handle. But, again, I'll get into that momentarily. USC against Stanford, it was over in the second quarter like we all kind of thought. USC's doing a heck of a job this year. Caleb Williams is on a mission. He's been fantastic so far this year. And I think USC, I've said this before, but I think USC's doing a great job laying low when it comes to his back-to-back Heisman candidacy. Lay low. Like, just let him defeat these teams like he's supposed to. Let him put up big numbers like he's doing. Then you don't, they don't need to sell him. Like, people know who he is. People are watching. Like, you don't need to, boost up his Heisman candidacy or whatever because if they did that and he has a bad performance or they lose to a team they shouldn't lose to his his back-to-back Heisman candidacy would be done at that point so I I like what USC's doing with this just laying low and they're playing well that's a good football team yeah I know they haven't played great competition but I give them credit like they're taking care of business the way they're supposed to be Auburn goes to Cal and wins. It was an ugly, ugly, ugly football game. I actually stayed up and watched that game just because I was intrigued to see both teams because of how they performed in week one. Um, it was ugly. That's for sure. Uh, but Auburn gets a win on the road. I mean, you go across the country. That's not easy to do and get a W. So good kudos to them. Then Oklahoma State defeated Arizona State. Kudos to them for that. Excuse me again, a long trip for them. Arizona State struggled against an FCS, FCS Southern Utah in their first game. So good for Oklahoma State. I, I think this is one of those Mike Gundy teams that can go under the radar and surprise some people. 
just because not a lot of people are focusing in on them, keying on them. That tends to be the teams that Mike Gundy has the most success with. So keep your eye on Oklahoma State. That, that's, I'll, I'll, that's all I'm going to say about that. that. This is the type of team where he has real success with. So moving forward, really intrigued to see how that goes. But we had our first FCS upsets over FBS um, in week two. Southern Illinois going to Northern Illinois and winning. Northern Illinois, the week before, went to Boston College and won. Made over a million dollars. They played SIU 375K. So good payday for SIU and a victory. They're going to be top 10 in the FCS this week. It's a good football team there on the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Idaho goes to Nevada. Doesn't just win, but they destroy him. I want to say it was 30-6. to six. Idaho made $400,000 in that game. <clears throat> I've seen Idaho ranked at number three in the FCS polls. That is a really good football team. And I'll get into them in week three because they get another FBS battle where they're making even more money. So Fordham goes to Buffalo and wins. This is the second year in a row Buffalo's lost to an FCS team. I couldn't find the figure that Fordham made in this game, but Fordham has really started to produce some great offensive talent. Their quarterback from last year is now at Old Dominion. They had a great win, first conference win, and quite they won a Sun Belt game. Great kudos to them. They had a huge, long losing streak. They beat Louisiana this week, so kudos to them. But Fordham, great win. That's a team to look out for in the FCS. And then I have to talk, like I already mentioned, Holy Cross, Boston College. Holy Cross was the better team. The fans were better. They packed out Boston College's stadium. I feel bad for Holy Cross. They should have won that game. Um, the weather delay killed that. I feel like killed the momentum in that game. But Holy Cross got a really nice payday and got to troll the Boston College fans as they left the field. I don't know if people saw that, uh, the video out there, uh, but Boston College fans are letting the Holy Cross players have it. And it's like, you guys are in the ACC. You're going to get destroyed by a lot of the teams in the ACC, and they absolutely will. Uh, I think I think if they would have lost to Holy Cross, Jeff Halfley would have got fired, and I th he's going to get fired anyways just because Boston College is so bad. But, man, that Holy Cross should have won that football game. Looking at week three, previewing some games there. Thursday night, we get an AAC game, an American game, Navy at Memphis. Memphis is favored by 15. Memphis is really good. They got a really good offense. I would hammer that 15-point uh, number and go over that. I mean, that is – I'll take that any day, especially against Navy. They have not looked good. Um, so definitely take Memphis. Just like on Friday, Maryland hosts Virginia, and they're favored by 14. Virginia is really bad. I would take that too with Tulua Tugavaloa. <clears throat> so looking at both of those games uh, again i don't i'm not a better but looking at those point spreads or the, the margin there i would take that for sure um, florida state going to boston college it's going to get really really ugly i have florida state rate number one in my rankings and i've already told you how i feel about boston college so i think that game could get really really ugly Penn State going to Illinois. Big noon kickoff was supposed to go to Champaign and then skipped out on that and decided to go to Colorado to go Boulder for uh, Colorado State, Colorado. But they're still going to have the game on Fox. 
Illinois obviously coming off a tough loss to Kansas, but Penn State's looked looked pretty darn good in those in their first two games. Going on the road now, conference game. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I I definitely coming into the season thought Illinois could win this game. I'm a little I'm a lot more hesitant on that now, but uh, still a game to watch. I mentioned this before: LSU Mississippi State might be the best game of the weekend. Honestly, <clears throat> to un- <clears throat> Mississippi State's undefeated. Mississippi State has played LSU well in the past. The way that they play, the brand of football they play, has been tough for LSU. <clears throat> LSU struggled in the first half of grambling uh <clears throat> you wouldn't know by the final score of that game but that game was in the first half it was actually pretty close and uh then lsu did what they were supposed to do pull away and won by a huge margin but watch out for mississippi state they can win this football game will rogers against uh, J- uh Jaden daniels good good quarterback game right there but will will rogers a good football player I'm not going to pick the upset yet, <clears throat> but I'm leaning that way. I really am. I'm leaning towards Mississippi State in this game. <clears throat> Kansas State going to Missouri. Missouri struggled with Middle Tennessee last uh, on Saturday. And uh, Kansas State's really good. So I, I I think they Kansas State could win pretty good here. Interested by this game, Georgia Southern against Wisconsin. Wisconsin coming off a tough loss against Washington State. Didn't look good against Buffalo who, like I said, lost to FCS Fordham. Georgia Southern's 2-0. They got a really good offense. Their defense is questionable, but a really high-scoring offense. Watch out for Georgia Southern in this game. They could pull off an upset here. They really could. They really could get this one. That's This is one I'm intrigued by. An upset that I am going to pick, though, Ohio hosting Iowa State. I definitely think the Bobcats are going to win this game, uh, especially if Curtis Rourke is healthy which we have not seen yet this year, unfortunately. So the returning MAC player of the year, if he's healthy and ready to go, I think that they can handle Iowa State. I don't want to say easily, but I think they definitely win this football game. You got South Carolina, Georgia. Again, I mentioned this already with the SEC struggles. Is Georgia the only team in the SEC now that can get to the playoff? We'll see. But uh, obviously Georgia's better than South Carolina. I'm throwing Alabama at USF here. Um, I, I, I don't think that there's a debate that Alabama is going to win this game, but they're favored by 32. I, I saw USF in person against Western Kentucky. That's a, that's a much better football team, much, much better. And like I said, I, I'm not saying USF is going to win the game, but I think they can cover that spread for sure. Uh, San Diego State at Oregon State, really intriguing game. I'm really high on DJ Uyungle, uh, and this and San Diego State doesn't have much of an offense. UCLA beat them pretty good uh, this past Saturday in San Diego, but still an interesting game here. Another interesting one: Oklahoma going to Tulsa. The game sold out. What an opportunity for Tulsa to host Oklahoma. By no means do I think Tulsa wins the game, but it's a huge opportunity for them. Huge, huge opportunity. Uh, Minnesota going to North Carolina. Interesting game between two undefeated teams. Um, we'll, we'll see how this one goes. I'm intrigued by this. I think North Carolina is the better team. I think that's apparent. But Minnesota's got a pretty good defense. So you got good on good here. Drake May against Minnesota's defense. Some really good safeties 
at Minnesota. So we'll see. We'll see how North Carolina is able to pass the ball against a good pass defense in Minnesota. Uh, Virginia Tech at Rutgers. Rutgers is undefeated. Virginia Tech just lost to Purdue at home. So I, I, I Rutgers needs to win this game because if if they start three and zero, I think they get to bowl eligibility. I really do. So big game for Rutgers. This is a game, this next one, that I've had circled for a while. Western Kentucky at Ohio State. <clears throat> By no means am I going to come on here and say Western Kentucky is going to beat Ohio State. But if it happened, it wouldn't blow my mind. Western Kentucky's really good, guys. Ohio State plays Notre Dame next week. If Ohio State's looking ahead to Notre Dame, Western Kentucky will give them a game in everything else they could ever imagine. Western Kentucky has an All-American level quarterback in Austin Reed and an All-American wide receiver in Malachi Corley. He was a fourth-team All-American by many publications last season and coming into this season. Malachi Corley is a fantastic football player at wide receiver. And Austin Reed is a future pro as a quarterback. We've seen Ohio State has not looked good this year. The Indiana game, I give them a pass a little bit because Indiana always seems to play teams tough at home. So I took that game kind of with a grain of salt. Conference openers hard on the road, your first game of the year on the road against a conference team, especially a team that's going to play hard and is and always gives teams fits. But Indiana was never going to win that game. But then you turn around and you play FCS Youngstown State, and you only put up 35 points against them. You win 35-7. to seven. I know that Youngstown State plays in the SEC or or maybe the Big Ten of the of the FCS ranks, uh, but they shouldn't be that shouldn't be a twenty eight point game. Let's just say that. So I have concerns about Ohio State. Um, obviously, all the talent in the world on this team, all the talent in the world, but I have concerns. Western Kentucky is going to give them a game. I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. I, I've said it for a while. I've been, I'm really intrigued by this game. Another game that I'm intrigued by, FCS at Power 5, Idaho at Cal. Cal coming off a rough game against Auburn where their offense looked atrocious at times. Special teams wasn't good. Obviously, Idaho is not Auburn. Idaho just throttled Nevada. Just throttled them. A couple years ago, Nevada won at Cal. I understand. Much different Nevada team now. Much different team. But I'm putting this on upset alert. I'm not going to call it. But Idaho can win at Cal, guys. They're number three in the country in the FCS. They're just coming off an, an FBS blowout against Nevada. They're going to make, I believe I saw 650000 in this game. They had 400000 last week against Nevada. Could this be the start of a special season at Idaho? Because it seems like this is the type of FCS season where some crazy things could happen. Could Idaho be the favorite in the FCS? This is an interesting game. Idaho is really good. Really, really good. And Cal is coming off of a really rough performance. So that's one to watch. Tulane at Southern Miss. Southern Miss won at Tulane last year. That was Tulane's only loss last year. 
So, of course, Southern Miss is going to come back wanting to get them. But this is a good game between two former rivals, the regionality aspect of this. Uh, I, I'm excited about this one. Frank Gore Jr., Michael Pratt. Hopefully Pratt can play. Uh, just just two, two of the better players in the G5 level right there. Um, so, I'm a, again, it's an intriguing game. I believe it's on ESPNU. You can see some good football there. Washington at Michigan State. I already talked about this one a little bit. I might potentially be there. The game's on Peacock. Uh, be a joy to see Michael Penix Jr. play. What a fantastic football player he is. Michigan State obviously has been through some stuff this week, just the past day or so. Um, usually you see teams really gel and come together under these circumstances and Michigan State has Nate Carter, former UConn running back, who has done really, really well so far. Nate's a great guy, great Christian, really cheering for him. So I'm intrigued about that football game. Then you got Tennessee at Florida. For the longest time, this was one of the best games of the year. Florida has since fallen off the face of the earth almost. <clears throat> but Tennessee is an arguably top 10 team. Didn't look like it against Austin P. that's for sure. But this is, of course, a big game in the SEC East. I, I'm I'm assuming Tennessee wins this game handily just because I think Florida's really bad. Um, NIU at Nebraska. NIU, week one, wins at Boston College, gets paid a ton of money, turns around last week, loses to FCS Southern Illinois. They have a history of beating Nebraska and Lincoln. Could it happen again? Interesting to watch. Yes, they're coming off a bad loss. Uh, Nebraska has not looked good this year, obviously. This is an interesting one to watch. Upset alert here. Vandy at UNLV, interesting just because an SEC team going to a Mountain West team. Interesting uh, tactic there. Vandy's the better team, but UNLV, real opportunity for them to get a huge win. South Alabama at Oklahoma State. South Alabama has struggled this year. Like I said, this is an Oklahoma State team flying under the radar. Could really do some things. Uh, but a good opportunity here for South Alabama to maybe get a big victory. Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. I think this game is better than we all thought it would be. Just because Georgia Tech has been bad for quite some time. But they're well coached now. So we'll see how that goes. I think Ole Miss still wins considerably. Then you got BYU at Arkansas. Interesting game there. Arkansas, BYU struggled a bit this year. Arkansas State, or, or I'm sorry, Arkansas has looked good. Great quarterback play there. I expect Arkansas to potentially run away with that. Syracuse at Purdue, the Saturday night game on NBC. Interesting call there by them, but uh, I guess we'll just give it a shout out just because it's on prime time. But. I have to think Syracuse runs away with this game, Purdue. Yes, they're coming off a win, but they have not looked good. You got the backyard brawl, Pitt at West Virginia. Kind of lost some luster uh, just because of Pitt's loss this weekend to Cincinnati, but still it's the backyard brawl. It's a huge, huge deal. Uh, Fresno State at Arizona State. They won at Purdue in week one. Then they needed overtime to beat FCS Eastern Washington. But they got an opportunity here. Arizona State coming off a loss to Oklahoma State. Didn't look good against FCS Southern Utah. Fresno State could get a W there. That would be huge for them. Colorado State, Colorado. Colorado State is better than, than they've been in quite some time. But Colorado is way better. 
Uh, so, yes, getting a lot of love here, but, boy, Colorado looks good. Give them credit. TCU at Houston. Houston's first Big 12 game. It's on Fox. Big opportunity for them. But they're coming off a big loss to crosstown rival Rice. TCU looking to rebound themselves from the week one performance they had against Colorado to get an opportunity on national television. I think TCU gets the W. And then the last one I'm going to cover here, Wyoming at Texas. Wyoming week one beats Texas Tech in overtime. Texas coming off a, their, one of their biggest win in quite some time at Alabama. Does Texas come out flat in this game? I, I think it's human nature, but they better not do it because this Wyoming team is very good. I picked my Wyoming to win the Mountain West, and this is a really, really good football team. they got a really good defense, so I'm really intrigued to see if Texas comes out flat in this game and to see Wyoming is a really good football team, like I said. But those are some of the week three previews I had. Hope you guys uh, – Hope I can help you guys in some of those uh, games. Like I said, I'll come out with some upset predictions later on in the week. Just follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. I started off really, really well. The first week zero and week one, I did really well. Uh, this past week struggled a little, but uh, maybe I picked too many upsets. I think that was my problem. But <laughs> we'll, we'll narrow. Maybe I'll narrow it down this week to a couple. Try to give you guys a couple interesting things to look at. And then somebody asked me about my Heisman predictions. I think it's way too early to be talking about this. But, I mean, I think that's what all of us do. All of us talking heads do. So, I mean, right now, coming into the season, I thought Michael Penix Jr. was my favorite coming in. I think it's been apparent that it's the Pac-12 quarterback race. And, and I'll throw a couple other guys in there too. But Michael Penix Jr. Uh, and Caleb Williams from USC. I've already talked a good amount of about both those guys on this episode. But I think they're one and two. Shador Sanders has been unbelievable. I think you got to put him in there. The thing for him, <clears throat> I think Colorado would have to win 10 games for him to even be a finalist. So it's going to be tough for them to do that in the, big tw- in the Pac-12. But... Crazier things have happened. I mean, they're a lot better than any of us thought they'd be. You got to throw Bo Nix in there. Heck of a player. I'm throwing DJ Uyungle in there. I I think he's going to do some amazing things this year at Oregon State. And I think Oregon State has a real chance to win the Pac-12. And then I'm throwing Sam Hartman from Notre Dame in there. He has played lights out so far this season. Uh, I I have to say I'm a fan of his. I, I love watching him play. He's just a good dude, too, so cheering for him, actually. And then to to give you some non-quarterbacks, I think Blake Corum from Michigan would have won the Heisman last year if he didn't get hurt. I think this year he's behind the eight ball because, one, Donovan Edwards is unbelievable, and they're going to give him carries. Then I just think with Michigan's schedule, his stats aren't going to be Heisman-worthy, per se. Um, because these first handful of games, he doesn't need to play that much. Then I already mentioned Audric Estime, the running back at Notre Dame. Eight yards per carry. He's got four touchdowns, albeit in three games. But he's a really, really good football player. I like him. I really like him. And I know my uh, good friend Omar uh, from another podcast enjoys watching him as well. So then, of course, uh, you got to talk about Travis Hunter. 
kudos to Travis Hunter for the amount of snaps he plays. I mean, you look at like what Jabril Peppers did, like, but he would come in and run like gimmick plays. And then like Charles Woodson back in the day, like <clears throat> But these guys aren't literally playing both ways like the whole game. Travis Hunter plays like 120 plus snaps. Like it's amazing. I just pray that he stays healthy because he's one of the best athletes I've seen. He is so good. He's so good. It's a privilege to watch him play football. It really is. Um, just I, Like I said, I just pray he can stay healthy. But Again, guys, uh, love, love doing these episodes. Hope you guys enjoy them. Um, love bringing different, different content to you guys. Um, like I said in this episode, talking about the SEC, the struggles that they've had, uh, recapping is Georgia the SEC's only hope right now. I mean, you got Tennessee, Alabama, and LSU already have a loss. You know, at least one one of them is going to get one more and knock themselves out. Um, I let me know what you think. Drop a DM to the TNT College Football Podcast at TNT College Football One on Twitter. Let me know what you think about that. And uh, let me if you got any questions, topics you want me to talk about, just let me know, and I'll just hit me a DM or comment and i'll i'll do what i can to get to talk about it so again love love doing these hoping maybe to get to a game this saturday we'll see like i said with the timing i have on my schedule i will be in detroit on sunday so uh, hoping though to maybe sneak in a game saturday afternoon or evening so be on the lookout for that follow the podcast twitter account at tnt college one you can follow me personally at coach underscore b will like, subscribe, you ever listen to the podcast, and then please give us give me a rating on uh, on Spotify, uh, five stars preferably, just allows the show to get out to more people. Um, and again, thank you guys for tuning in, listening. It's a pleasure to be able to do this for you guys. Uh, ha- everybody have a good weekend or a good week. Safe travels if you're traveling to the games, and uh, God bless. <laughs>